What's up, JFA staff? I hope you are well today. I'm trying something new for 2023. You're going to have a little leadership podcast every Monday morning. Hopefully, it's a little bit of a benefit to you, something you can listen to on your way to work. Man, I could just listen to that intro music all day is what I could do. But I'm excited to actually move on and talk to you about the power of your language, the power of your language. Several months ago, Deion Sanders, a.k.a. Coach Prime, was introduced as a new head football coach at the University of Colorado. And of course, they're going to publish his first team meeting as they all do today for social media. And if you haven't had a chance to watch that, you, you got to watch it. You got to look it up. You can find it real easy. It was a speech that he gave to the team. And, you know, Coach Prime walks into the meeting room. And the first time these players are seeing D.D. on Sanders walk in, you can just tell they are scared to death. And Coach Prime keeps saying the same thing over and over again. I'm coming. And then he gives some expectations. I'm coming and we're going to work hard. I'm coming and we're going to produce excellence. I'm coming and we're going to work harder than anybody else. I'm coming and we're going to start winning. And you can just see the fear start to get into these kids because they know it's going to be hard work. In fact, one of them raises his hands, asks a question. He said, hey, what's the uh, offseason going to look like? And Coach Prime says, well, I'm going to try to get you to quit. That's what my goal is, get you to quit. Because he said, I don't want to get into the fourth quarter of the first game and realize I have Jane when I thought I had Tarzan. And he said, buddy, I'm coming. I'm coming. And his language stuck with me. You know, here we are a couple months later, and I still remember what he said. Why? Because he repeated himself. Why was he repeating himself? Because he understood that language will create the culture that he desires. And he was trying to give the intent of his football team right there in that first meeting. And that intent is, we're going to work hard and we're going to win. So you have to understand that your language is going to create the culture for your team. Some of you are disenchanted with your team right now, and it's because you are not leveraging the power of your words. You know, the Proverbs tells us that there is life and death within the tongue. And just as Coach Prime understood that the power of language and his words were going to shape the culture and the intent of that football team, so we have to understand as church leaders that language is going to shape our culture. Language is going to give the intent of our ministry in 2023. So we need to understand, we need to respect, and we need to leverage the power of our words in order to shape that culture and that intent to be what we need it to be. One of the most precious gifts that God has given man is the ability to use words. I mean, think about it. This ability to communicate and speak at a high level is one of the unique abilities and attributes that God has given man that separates man from all of God's other creations. Why do words create life and death? Well, because words are social in nature. Words only work when there are two people. If I want to lead in a God-honoring way, then I'm going to have to start focusing more on the words I say than the actions I participate in. You see, I can perform some actions by myself, but I cannot have a conversation alone. And this is where a lot of our leadership starts to break down because we look at our leadership We look at the needs within our ministry as fulfilling functions operationally. So as a lead pastor, I can look and say, well, man, I need a worship leader. Or you might look and say, man, I need a kids men volunteer or I need another greeter or what have you. And then we try to fill those roles with the first warm body that we find. We are fulfilling a task without ever actually engaging with this individual or this person on a deeper level relationally. When we do that, we're just treating people like another category of things. 
they are no different than the instrument on the platform or, or the coffee maker in the cafe or the chairs in the kids center. And frankly, this is a bad practice for leadership. And fr- it's also just immoral. Let's be honest. Rather, what we need to do is we need to recognize that people are God created. God put a little bit of himself in every single person he created. And as such, they have a God-given talent and they have worth as human beings. And so our language has to start to cultivate a relationship that goes deeper than surface level in order to bring those talents, to bring that uniqueness that God has placed in those individuals to the surface. This year, our expectation for our staff and for this leadership team is to evaluate our language, elevate our language, and unify our language. You are a leader in this church, and your words are going to either bring life or bring death to your ministry and and to this church in 2023. So what language do we need to speak in order to bring life to this church and your ministry? Well, let me give you a few things that I've been thinking about as we're going into this year. The first thing is this. We need to speak language that ignites a person's calling. We are in the people business, and we believe in the priesthood of the saints. You've heard me talk about it a lot. God has uniquely designed and equipped and planted people in this church to accomplish his purpose. And so our responsibility as leaders is to speak life to people, to ignite a fire for their calling. Here's the thing we have to understand about people. People have this internal drive to make a difference. I I think people just innately feel compelled to do something good and to do something bigger than themselves. And the problem in church is that we often speak the language of need, orders, and direction first. For example, I need someone today to lead worship. I need you here at 4 o'clock for a practice. I need you to play C, G, D, E minor over and over and over again. And while we do need to give people practical instruction, we also have to recognize that practical instruction doesn't actually inspire their heart or their calling. And that's what we're after. We're trying to inspire what God has put inside of them. And if we just give orders and directions, no one's inspired. So how are people actually motivated? How are they inspired? How are they awakened? They're awakened with motives and objectives. We need to learn how to speak a language and use language that ignites people's calling by painting a picture of gospel-driven motives and gospel-driven objectives. So, for example, you start going and saying, hey, today, worship team, we are going to join the pattern of heaven, and we're going to paint a picture of what heaven is going to look like. There are people who need fellowship with the Lord today. They're dry. They're like the woman at the well, and they need a refreshing living water flowing from their life. Life has abandoned them or outcasts, but the king is coming. So today, when we get together for worship practice, when we start to play through our excellence in musicianship, through our passion of worship, we're going to lead people to encounter the one who can change everything about their life. That's completely different than saying, hey, we're going to get together and practice, and we're going to play C, G, D, E minor over and over again, and you better do it right. You see, the first one was instruction and orders. The second one was about motives and objectives. Why are we doing what we're doing and what's the outcome? We're doing what we're doing because Jesus changed our life and the outcome is that Jesus changes someone else's life. And so language matters and in every area we're serving in the church, we need to find gospel-centered motives and gospel-driven objectives for every single thing we do. And if we don't have a gospel motive for why we're asking somebody to serve and we don't have a gospel objective, then we are squandering the God-given talent that God has placed inside of that individual. Second thing we need to speak is we need to speak the same language of cultural values and intent. 
cultural values and intent. We know what values are. Intent is what we intend to accomplish. Speaking language to ignite people's calling is important. However, speaking language of culture and intent plants that calling onto a firm foundation and releases that calling into an organized mission. You see, if we don't do that, then everybody's going to be running their own way. Let me give you an example of this. Let me give you an analogy. When, when you're raising your kids, you're always talking to them and they need constant instruction about values and tasks. You know, some of the instructions that you, you give to kids transcends the season of life that they're in. For example, in our house, uh, we tell Knox, hey, look, we're going to be leaders. We're not going to be followers. We're going to finish strong. We don't quit early. Th- those are just some of the cultural values that I want in his life when he's 5, 15, 35, 55. Those are cultural values do not change from season to season. Those cultural values are a foundation of this family and are going to dictate the intents of life and the responses of life. However, there are other words that give intent based upon the season that we find ourselves in. So for per- perhaps, you know, schoolwork is not coming along naturally in one season. So we, we, we give a little bit more of a concentrated effort to focus on schoolwork through our language. Or perhaps there's a season when relationships are a little bit strained. We need to give a little bit more instruction on relationships. And, and the same dynamic is true within any sort of organization. You have to speak and instill cultural values into the organization because those cultural values are going to be the backbone of that organization. They never change. They're going to be constant. They are the most important. And then you as a leader need to be able to read the season you're in, figure out the intent for that season, and frame those intents within your language. Culture is who we are. Intent is what we're doing in this season. And it's vital for our volunteers, it's vital for our staff to understand what our culture is and to live out that culture. And it's also vital for our volunteers and our staff to understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish in this season, or there's not going to be any any clear direction for the future. So for us here at JFA, you, you know our values. We we value the word because where the word speaks, God speaks. We we value fellowship with God void of performance. We value being spirit-led to be a blessing. We value the family of God, so we say welcome to our family. We value the next generation of believers, so we speak life to the future. We, we value creativity. We want to create the future. We value excellence. We're constantly creating excellence in everything we do. We value strength, mental, physical, and spiritual toughness. We, we value initiative. We are going to be pace setters, and we value the setup. We know someone's coming behind us, and so we set them up for their success. And as long as I'm a pastor here, those are going to be our values that dictate the culture of this church, and those are values that our leadership team is going to display. Those values have to be constantly voiced, modeled, and championed within this church. Those are values that that I expect you to voice. I expect you to model. I expect you to champion within your ministry to your teams and to those who attend in the ministry. However, while those values tell us how we will behave, they do not tell us what we are doing in this season. And that's where the intent comes into play. What do you intend to do in this season? What does your ministry intend to do in this season? What are the goals or the projects that you're trying to accomplish in this season? See, the the intents are flexible. They they change. The seasons might change every couple months or every couple of years. For, For us, in this season, we intend to build the leadership prowess of this church. That's why I'm doing this podcast today, because we are at a pivotal moment in our church, where where if the leadership of our church doesn't increase 
and we don't defer leadership into to other people, and we don't press that down, and we don't allow other people a seat at the table, then our church is going to plateau right where it's at. So let's look at how all this goes together. When I speak to someone's calling, I ignite in them what God has created them to do. And then I speak a value-based language that frames for them how to live out that calling. And then I speak to them the intent of the season so that they have clarity on what to do today and tomorrow. The third thing we need to do is we need to speak the language repeatedly, repeatedly. Coca-Cola is without a doubt the most recognized brand in the entire world. And yet, you know what they still do? They still make commercials and they still advertise. You would think at this point that Coca-Cola doesn't need to market to anyone else. I mean, it literally sells itself and yet they still market. Why? Because reputation, repetition rather matters. And if they stop speaking the language of repetition about their product, then that organization is going to die. Think about other organizations. When you go to Chick-fil-A and you say thank you to the worker, what is the worker going to say? My pleasure. You've all heard it. If someone yells out Red Robin, everybody else says, yum. Why? Why do we do these things? Because the language of these organizations is so consistent and so clear that it has become ingrained in our memory. And because it's consistent and it's clear, it's easily repeatable and it gets ingrained into the organization and into the customers. You and I are the customers. So we need to learn the language of JFA and we need to repeat that language of JFA because it will get ingrained in us. It will get ingrained in the people and ultimately it will produce some spiritual fruit. When we have someone who is rooted in their word, chasing after the Lord in fellowship, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them, loving their neighbor as a brother and sister in Christ, and reaching the next generation of, of believers, and they're a true disciple. When they're operating in excellence and creativity and initiative and mental, spiritual, physical toughness, and they're setting up their neighbor for success, then we are going to succeed as a church. And in the, they're going to succeed, we're going to succeed as a church, they're going to succeed in their family, and they're going to succeed in life. So that is why language matters. That is the language that will bring life to the individual and to the ministry. So my question for you is, what is your action step this week? What is the thing that you're going to do this week? Well, here's, here's my challenge for you. Find one person on your team. Speak life to ignite their calling. There's someone right now on your team that you're starting to think of that, that you've seen a quality inside them. You've seen a talent inside of them. You've seen something inside of them that needs to be called to the surface. I want to challenge you this week. Send a text, make a phone call, catch them when they're serving on Sunday, whatever it is. In the coming weeks, I want you to speak life to ignite that calling. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk more about the language of culture in depth, and we're going to talk about how to speak intent in the season. However, today, I want you to focus on that one task. I want you to encourage someone in their calling. It might be on the team. It might be in a family member. It might be a coworker. In fact, if you want extra credit, try it on several people in your life and just see what kind of outcome they have. See what they do. And I promise you that if you do that, it will change their day. So I want to wrap this up with something for you personally. You know, as you're kind of wrapping up today and I'm kind of wrapping up today, this stuff I just shared with you, it's not just vital for our church. It's also vital in your home. You know, these principles apply to our own home and our workplace. You know, what, what is the language that you're speaking in your home? What's the language you're speaking in the workplace? It's not just church that this stuff matters. We want a healthy culture in our home. We want a healthy culture in our job. And it's our responsibility to create that and to give voice to it. Anyway, I hope this was a blessing to you. We'll catch you next week. God bless.